get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fast world of pro hockey, here we go. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Jeremy Rutherford, the Blues insider for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, of course, at JP Rutherford. JR, appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Doing real well. Not used to saying this in July, but I'm actually at a rink. My son uh, has practice over here at Afton today, so I just stepped outside the rink to chat with you guys. And BK, congratulations, buddy. I know I said it to you in a text, but uh, soak it up. That's the best part of life there with that little one. Thank you, man. It's been uh, it's been an adventure already, to say the least, a whirlwind, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. We're, we're enjoying uh, the early days of of parenthood over here in the Casa de Kylie. Um, JR, let's, let's start out with this. We talked about it a little bit earlier today. Uh, The Ross Colton deal was made official yesterday with the Colorado Avalanche. He ended up going there, of course, for people that don't remember, he's the, uh, the centerman from Tampa Bay was traded to Colorado for the number 37 overall pick. He was eligible for arbitration. He instead gets a four year deal worth $4 million per season, which is pretty comparable to the deal, money-wise at least, that Kevin Hayes has here with the Blues. When you look back at the Blues' decision to go with Kevin Hayes in that trade, uh, do you prefer giving up that sixth-round pick for Kevin Hayes as opposed to giving up maybe number 29 for Ross Colton? Yeah, I think for sure. I think you look at a sixth-round pick, not too many of them make it. I can think of one off the top of my head, maybe two, actually. Sammy Blay is one. I think Roman Polak was another one, just talking about Blues' sixth-round draft picks here. Uh, but you bring in a guy in Hayes who has uh, a lot of credibility in the league, and you get him at 50%, which I thought was a shrewd move by Doug Armstrong. And not that Ross Colton isn't going to be motivated going to Colorado on that deal four times four, uh, but uh, talking to Hayes, he's a proud guy. He's going to want to bounce back and show Philadelphia they let go of a really good player. Uh, plus, he brings you some size. I think Alex talked about that earlier in the show. Some big size here with uh, Kevin Hayes. So I like the way Doug Armstrong handled that situation. Jared, do you believe special teams improved this offseason with their roster moves? Yeah, but I guess it remains to be seen. Uh, you know, we talked last year to Craig Bruby about was it scheme, was it was it talent, you know, what was it? Uh, the Blues lost a lot of guys who played on the PK, as, as you guys well know. You lost a, a Bo Meester a couple years ago. You lose a Petrangelo. You lose a, a, a uh, Oscar Sundquist, a Ryan O'Reilly. They lost a lot of grit on those special teams and, and then talent on the power play, too. So, you know, did they get better? Yeah, I think so when you talk about a couple of the guys that they brought in. Uh, but I don't know to the point where you can look at this unit and say these are top 10 units in the league. I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to have to come in, especially with uh, the new coach, Coach Weber, coming in on the PK, and then see what some of these guys have left. You look at Oscar Sundquist, you know, I'm as excited as anybody about 
Oscar Sundquist coming back, he's fun to cover, but health-wise, you know, how does he look and, and also some of the other guys coming back? You mentioned Sonny there, JR. What are your reasonable expectations for this fourth line with him being the center on it? Yeah, I, I just was actually trying to map that out in case we talked about it. You know, what could it look like here? A couple of weeks ago, you're looking at like a Nathan Walker, uh, potentially, you know, even a Jake Neighbors on the fourth line if he's not up to snuff. You know, if he's not, he'd probably go to Springfield. Uh, but where do you put him? Because they're pretty deep when you look at uh, the top nine. And when I say deep, you know, I'm not talking about Stanley Cup contenders. I'm just talking about guys who slot into those top nine spots. Uh, so now you look at it after you get Torpchenko in the fold, which you expected. You bring in Sunquist. Can he be your opening night center? We'll see what he looks like in camp. And then what happens with neighbors? Does he play his way up to the second line next to, next to Braden Shen? Is he third line next to Hayes? Or does he fall down to that fourth line? Uh, but I think if we sit here in July and try to picture what this could look like, you know, you're looking at Torpchenko, you're looking at Sunquist or Walker, and you're looking at potentially Sammy Blay, who, you know, I just think there's so much skill and grit there. I can't imagine him getting 10, 11, 12 minutes of ice time. I think he's going to have probably a bigger role. But if that is the fourth line, those last three names that I rattled off, that would be pretty interesting. Could you see a situation, Jared, where maybe you see that ice time grow for the fourth line since Craig Berube, if it is a Blay, Sonny, and Torpchenko, three guys that Craig Berube feels confident in when they're on the ice? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, but it's kind of throughout the course of the season, as you know, Alex, um, you know, it'll go up and down. I mean, I don't think that you can look at ice time over the course of a, mu- of a month or two, and it's going to be pretty similar within a, in a minute, minute and a half. So, you know, I think there's going to be some nights where if, if that's the group that they could be at 12, 13 minutes, you know, I think there's nights where they could be less than that, of course. Uh, but even if they're rolling well, you know, you're not talking about a fourth line getting 15 minutes of ice time. So, you know, obviously they're not involved in the uh, special team, so we're just talking uh, in terms of power play. So we're just talking five-on-five with a lot of those guys. Uh, But I could just see these guys, the ones we're talking about, kind of in that 12- to 13-minute range if things are humming pretty good. Jeremy Rutherford is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over at The Athletic and, of course, follow him on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Uh, J.R., I was reading over on The Athletic, by the way, earlier today. They had a piece on Brett Pesci, the potential trade destinations for him, the five teams that should be interested. Of course, the Blues were not on that list of teams uh, that are likely to acquire uh, Brett Pesci from the Carolina Hurricanes. If he is officially made available, J.R., do you think that the Blues would at least inquire on such a move? Well, two things. If he's available, uh, that's a big if. Sure. Uh, I read the piece, too, and, and he could be. Uh, secondly, i got to put it with this disclaimer. You know, I was asked about Justin Falk and him being available in Carolina. Would he be a fit for the Blues and with Alex Petrangelo and Colton Preco? I didn't think that was a possibility, but <laughs> that came out of left field. So, you know, to say no to, to Pesci, you know, Doug Armstrong's proven in the past he can slide one past us. So, uh, yeah, would he fit in this group? Of course he would. But I think that right now you're looking at eight one-way contracts. You're looking at a ninth, Callie Rosen, who's not even, you know, projected to be on, on, on the roster unless he just shows up and, and takes one of those top spots in camp. And, you know, could you swap out a guy? You know, I suppose you could, uh, but who's going to move? Who's going to waive that no-trade clause to go? I still think, you know, as we've spoken about in the past few weeks and, and months here, that, uh, you know, which one of those guys is going to okay uh, to, to move. So I just don't know who it is at this point. And to me, when you look at the situation, it, too, it looks too congested 
to project a, a Pesci trade to St. Louis. JR uh, was reading Scott Wheeler's piece, kind of ranking the top 50 prospects right now in hockey under the age of 23 and, of course, have not played a full season at the NHL level. He had Dvorsky at 16 and Snuggerud at 23, and then honorable mentions were Bolduc and Dean. Is this the best? When was the last time that you can remember this this highly touted prospect pool for the Blues? It hasn't been. It just hasn't been. And, you know, when I say that, I go back to 2005, and, of course, you had the Eric Johnsons, the David Perrons, the TJ Oshies, the Patrick Berglunds, but I don't even think at that point uh, you had anybody just uh, looking at that Blues uh, group of, of prospects and saying that's the top five in, in the NHL right now. And, you know, I guess also to throw this out there, you know, I don't think that we had the heavy analysis like we do with the athletic rankings of these of these groups, Scott Wheeler and and Corey Priman do a terrific job with it. So to be honest, I go back to 2005, 2008. I didn't have a great handle on how the blues prospect pool compared to a lot of them around the league. But I can say this ever since I've been covering the team, this is the best it's been. You look at this past draft class, sure. Nine selections, but a lot of these top, you know, first round, second, you know, third round type guys are guys that the, the scouting gurus like Scott Wheeler really like. And, so yeah, I got to say that uh, every year when I tweet out the rankings that Scott and Corey put out, I always feel bad because I know when I put it out, the Blues fans are going to be saying, oh, we have nothing to look forward to. Well, guess what? Now I can tweet this thing out and everybody's excited about it. Actually, uh, draw some attention when I when I tweet this out. So I thought it was a, it was a good list. You got Dvorsky, as you said, there at 16. You got Snuggerud. I was wondering if Bull Duke could make that top 50. He comes in at an honorable mention. But you gotta like all the animal mentions on there with the four of them with Dean, Bolduc, Neighbors, and Stenberg. That's that's a quite a group. I didn't have time to add them up and see what that number compares to the rest of the league, but it's gotta be pretty high. Yeah. Final question that I've got for Jeremy Rutherford. And again, you can find his work over at The Athletic. We've already referenced multiple pieces that were posted just over the last couple of days over there. This is another one, JR. Uh, They went through and they talked to all of their different NHL writers about uh, some of the categories going into the season. So which team's going to have the fewest points? Who's going to be the President Trophy winner? Stuff like that, right? Kind of looking through the superlatives for 2023-24. And one of the questions that they asked you guys is, who's going to be the first coach fired? DJ Smith with the Ottawa Senators got the most votes with 45%. Craig Berube was second. 19% of the responses said he would be the first coach fired in 2023. JR, my question coming off of that is this. How do you think Craig Berube is going to be evaluated by the front office this year, given the fact that we know this is not a team that is competing for a Stanley Cup? So how do you think he's going to be evaluated with his performance? Yeah, it's a perfectly fair question. You know, that one did catch my attention. I think I voted for uh, DJ Smith there. Uh, Craig Berube, you know, just boots on the ground here in St. Louis. I don't think that he's in that conversation. I think to answer your question, BK, it comes down to one of the words that you used in your question phrasing, and that's competing. Uh, I think that if if the Blues compete, I think that uh, Doug Armstrong, everybody knows ownership, that this is a retool, and it's probably – going to look okay at times and not at other times. The Blues are going to take their lumps. But I think what Doug Armstrong has done here, tried to keep the roster competitive, bringing in a Kevin Hayes, you know, bringing in a couple guys to to make sure that this team can keep winning, there is going to be some pressure on Craig Berube. But you're talking, what, year two of his three-year contract. I've said for years the Blues don't pay coaches to not be here. I think they still believe in Craig Berube. You know, I think if they felt that a change would have been needed, they would have made it 
during this past season when things didn't go well or in the off season. But when they say, uh, hey, Craig, let's set up your coaching staff for the future. Who do you like? You know, he brings in a couple guys that he likes, especially him doing his homework on Coach Weber. You know, I think he's got a lot of input. I think they still like the direction the team's going with Craig Bruby. So unless this thing falls apart and this team is not competing on a nightly basis, I don't see Craig Bruby being in that conversation. He's Jeremy Rutherford. Find his work over at The Athletic. That's where you can find those NHL superlatives going into next season as well. JR, enjoy being at the rink for your kid, man. We'll talk with you again next week. Yeah, just wait till it gets here, BK. If you got a hockey player, you better start saving now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping to push away from that. Hockey's a little yeah, expensive. That's why my girls are playing golf. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm eating ramen at night because the kids are playing hockey. <laughs> 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 He's Jeremy Rutherford. Always appreciate his time here on 101 ESPN.